Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk all things WTA and handicap the WTA. I'm Noops, and joining me as always from the other side of the country, up bright and early after a long night shift, we have Spread Astaire. How's it going, Spread? I'm doing good. I'm ready to break down this Miami bracket. Awesome. And joining us from north of the border, who's very excited this moment, is going to talk a little bit more about his uh, fellow countrywoman in a minute or two. We have Jorge. How's it going, bud? It's going well. It's going well. Excellent. And joining us all the way from Germany, once again, the sunshine double kid himself, um, we have Vinny. How's it going, man? Welcome back. Hi, welcome back. Uh, don't call me Sunshine King or Kid or whatever. <laughs> I got crushed at Indian Wells. But yeah, thanks for having me for a third time. And yeah. Well, if history is any indication, Vinny, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, a poor showing in Indian Wells usually means uh, a good showing in, in the Miami Opens coming up. But let's take a quick look back to the week that was, or a week or so actually, that was in Indian Wells. And as I hinted at, Jorge is very excited as what I guess at this point is arguably the best tennis player in Canada, Jorge, comes out with the title in Indian Wells. Break it down for us. Uh, I'd, I'd say you have to. To agree, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, and you know, this this is more for me a historic thing than than a you know what a huge title right now, and she's you know top twenty five in the rankings. Um, that's exciting as well because she has nothing but slam qualies and ITF points to defend right through Wimbledon. So you're going to see her seated at, at at slams now, which is incredible. Um, but you know, for for Canadian tennis, this is gargantuan like the the emergence of felix and dennis and them making runs and and beating big players it, it is nice notoriety but this is the biggest title uh, in canadian tennis history uh, for bianca andreescu she's at 18 years old um no man had ever done this milos got stuck in a tough era he made a wimbledon final which was i think massive for for canadian tennis as was genies um but no one had ever won a title like this and and me growing up, I think we looked up to doubles players. And when you were watching singles tennis, I was cheering for James Blake and and Tim Henman, right? Uh, uh, an American and a Brit. So um, just think about the, the, the six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds now watching tennis in Canada. And they don't just have, you know, Bianca to cheer for. They can cheer for, you know, they can spend a whole day watching tennis and cheering for Milos. And then Chapo comes on court. And then here comes Felix. And then, you know, of course, Jeannie might might win a match or two. And then you've got Bianca out there that could make a run. And you know, you've got four Canadian tennis players that are all threats to reach the second week of Grand Slams now. And, and I mean, that's unprecedented. I don't think that's, you know, that may never happen again. We're not that big of a tennis country. I can tell you right now, the obsession with hockey is, is massive. And the obsession with tennis is non-existent. So uh, hopefully this spurs some... Uh, some major interest and uh, and we can hopefully sustain this for for another generation it is an incredible time to be a fan of canadian tennis so congratulations to everyone north of the border and really bask it in and 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 soak it up um now at the same time as happy as the folks up north in canada are um, more disappointed we have in europe the folks from germany as those who who may not know Vinny is from germany and was disappointed in, in kerber's performance you know Vinny, what happened she's in the final there third set serving up three two andreescu coming out of an mto where she looked kind of rough and everything fell apart what happened yeah just like you said it was three two kerber serving and andreescu really was on her last leg and i was really convinced uh, kerber won that but 
Yeah, if if Jorge offered me some bets, I would have probably took them. So thanks for not messaging me <laughs> during that final. But yeah, really props to Andrea Scu. She somehow motivated herself to get some some sort of I don't know. She she just n never stopped um, playing like she she did before and. Uh, I also like her general play. Um, she plays with lots of variance. She also uses the um, slice on both sides. Used the forehand slice as well pretty often in the final. And yeah, I really like her and I was happy for her to win that final even if it was against the German, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're taking this in good stride. You're not being too sore of a loser. So, Spread, what do you think about Bianca Andreescu? What What does the rest of her career look like? What is her maximum potential? Could she be a multiple Grand Slam winner, possibly number one in the world? Or are we looking at somebody who's, you know, maybe a solid top 25 player? I mean, she definitely has that potential, but uh, a lot of these young women have the potential. It's just going to be who steps up and, and actually gets there. Um, from the final, what I saw was that after the first set, Kerber kind of... Uh, went into a more of a defensive mode and uh in the second set it kind of worked and she was able to get the second set and looked like she had the momentum going into the third but i was really impressed because i thought that she forced andreescu to beat her um she didn't really give her any uh she didn't really give her much to work with she didn't make a lot of mistakes and forced andreescu to, to set up the points and hit the winners and uh just thought it was a great performance from bianca overall really looking forward to see how she goes from here um, don't know much about Miami, but boy, it's be interesting to see how she does on the clay swing. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I, I think all four of us here are really excited about what she could possibly accomplish. Um, you know, unless we have anything else here for Indian Wells, I think we can jump into Miami. We'll talk about just about everybody who played in Indian Wells because they're almost all here in Miami. So, anything else for Indian Wells, guys, before we jump into this week's tournament? No, let's hit Miami. Awesome. So let's start with the first quarter. We've got Naomi Osaka again as the number one seed for the second tournament in a row. She's got a bye, plays a qualifier. A couple other really big names in here, though. We've got the two finalists from Indian Wells down there in the bottom, Angie Kerber, Bianca Andreescu. In the middle of the bracket, we've got Caroline Wozniacki and Arena Sabalenka. Um, Garbina Muguruza also in this first quarter. So, Jorge, we'll start with you. What do you see here in the first quarter? Do you like anything? Yeah, I, I, I targeted all at... Uh, let you know, you guys dissect uh, the the even number quarters because my my plays are all going to be in the odd number quarters. Um, I've got two here that I really like, both young women. Um, the first being Sophia Cannon. I think that um, you know, fading the the section with the the two finalists from Indian Wells isn't the worst look, especially Andreescu. As much as we love her, I cannot see her beating a solid Cannon who can really move and 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 redirect and and counterpunch with that pace that Andreescu will throw at her in the second round. Um, the fact that she doesn't have a bye here is really tough on her. She could have used a few extra days. Um, but uh, I, I don't mind fading those two with Kennen here. Kennen's got a bye and then likely Andreescu and then Kerber. And I think I can see her in the fourth round. And that's where it gets tricky with Sabalenka. But um, at 100 to 1, uh, it's well worth the the shot for me, especially if we can hopefully see an upset from Sabalenka earlier. Um, and then speaking to that, I'm going to stay in the same uh, section and take an 80 to one outright. Be careful the prices. Um, some books have her at 40 to one, but uh, Amanda Anisimova 
uh, to potentially knock Sabalenka off. And then if I can see a fourth-round matchup of Kennan and Anisimova, then uh, I'll be really, <laughs> really, really happy I can cruise that uh, one of those 80 or 100 ones into the uh, quarterfinals and, and just hope someone upsets Osaka and then we're off and running. So those are, those are the two looks I have in the first quarter. Two young women, um, both capable on hard courts. Uh, and then you've got a lot of the seeds that, that you can almost cross out. Osaka has not looked great. Um, she was dusted in Indian Wells uh, or fairly or relatively early on for someone like her. Uh, Sue Shea never getting outright money. Garbina too unpredictable. Wozniacki hasn't really done much this year since her diagnosis uh, with arthritis. Um, Sabalenka is an interesting one. I just think it's a bit short for me. And then, of course, Kerber and, and Andreescu in the bottom there. So I, I think there's a lot of names you can cross out and, and leaves you looking at a few decent options in the same section with, with really long odds that I, that I think I'll, uh, I'll be going for here. Yeah, I love your thinking there on the bottom half of the first quarter. You know, as I intimated talking with Vinny a little bit when we started here, it's really tough for people to come off a long run in Indian Wells and do well here in Miami. When you look at the last three or four finalists in Indian Wells, all of them coming to Miami and lose, you know, their, maybe their second or, or third match at the absolute best, if not in the first round. Now, Spread, we were talking a little bit already about this. It sounds like you weren't too optimistic about Miss Sabalenka's chances. You want to break down her draw? Yeah, I mean, I think she has one of the toughest draws, at least in the opening rounds of anyone on here. If you look, she'll probably play Alja Tomjanovic, who we've been high on so far this year and has been in pretty good form. Then she'll most likely play the winner of Enesmova and Kontovite, which is not an easy match. And then if she's able to do that, she'll have to take on the winner, uh, or she'll probably have to take on either Kennan, Andreescu, or Kerber, who they got a tough little... Uh, section there too so whoever comes out of that's going to be in fantastic form so um, it'd be really impressive if she could do it but i'm not i'm not really that interested in the sabalenka outright uh, i think her path is just too tough okay anything you do like in the first quarter no i'm actually not going to play an outright in the first quarter i think the most interesting story will be um you know the number one player in the world naomi osaka and let's see how she deals um she didn't do too well in indian wells and then um, you know, another coaching bombshell came out yesterday where she's being sued by a former coach and, you know, the big expose kind of on her childhood and how her family went and being kind of a private person. I'm wondering um, how this is all going to affect her, especially not having um, kind of an established coach and established routine that maybe she could stick to. Um, so if she's able to overcome that more power to her, but I think it'll be interesting to to find out how she responds to everything that's going on. Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting to see, you know, how she's doing and what she looks like. So, Vinny, what do you think about the first quarter here? Anything nice to maybe say about Miss Osaka or any value that you see from an outright perspective? Yeah, to me, that first quarter is so tough to handicap as it has um, the two finalists of Indian Wells with Andreas Kerber in there with Osaka looming as well at low odds all of them three so cannot really take any of these but if you take Canon or Anisimova and look at their draws it's tough as well as Canon has to beat Andreescu, Kerber back to back then um, having a last 16 with Sabalenka or Anisimova then Osaka so that's a tough draw, tough draw. same with Anisimova who has to play a first round in the first place against Pet Petkovic, then 
facing Contovey, then Sabalenka, Kerber, Andreas Kukenin, whoever, then Osaka. But yeah, I I chose an outright on Anisimova here, as I think if she catches fire, she can be, uh, she can compete with anybody. And yeah, just um, hoping for her to get hot. And then I think 81, as Jorge mentioned, is a good price. And yeah, I I personally personally took her at 21 to win the quarter. Maybe you. Americans don't have that available, but for European listeners, I think 21 to win the quarter is um, better value than, uh, even better than 81 to win outright. Always rubbing in our face how much better options you have. <laughs> that I would love to be able to bet on, on people to win the quarter, but um, I, I do like that outright price as well. I wrote about it in my preview a little bit, and I, I like Anna Samova at 80 to 1. So that's three out of the four of us that like Anna Samova here to, to make some noise in this first quarter. You know, Spread, you got me down a little bit on my Sabalenka pick. I actually took her at 22 to 1 here. You know, I'm not worried about her first match there against Tomjanovic. You know, took care of her pretty easily. I forget which tournament that was, but I think it was a tournament or two ago. Um, you know, Anna Samovo played just about a perfect batch of tennis in the Australian Open. I, I don't think that's going to happen again. So, you know, once Sabalenka can get through those two, you know, and admittedly very tough um, matches, she's got maybe Sophia Kennan, who she who she she should have no problem beating, or a, a tired Angelique Kerber, um, and then she's in the quarterfinal against Osaka, who at this point I have no idea what to expect out of her. Uh, she looks. Um, she, she looks really unfocused um, for the end of her match in Indian Wells against Belinda Bencic was really disappointing. So, you know, curious to see what she's able to do here in her second tournament with her new coach. Um, maybe she gets a little more focused, but I do have a little bit of money on Sabalink. I think if she can get through those first two matches, things really open up. No, nope. no problem Same. beating uh, Sophia Cannon. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm noting that in my book. Noob. Sorry. <laughs> I, okay. All right. All right. All I right. see how it is. Uh huh. I look forward to the uh, the chirp there on Twitter um, at some point during the next week. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, anything else from the first quarter, guys? Are you ready to jump into the second? Let's go. All right, we'll jump into the second quarter here. We've got Petra Kvitova, the third seed, right at the top of the first quarter. Down at the bottom, we have Kiki Burtons, who, you know, remember, guys, whatever I say about Kiki Burtons, just close your eyes and do the exact opposite. Um, I'm going to start here, actually. I like Petra Kvitova a lot in this spot. I look at her draw. She's got a bye, then maybe Zachary, maybe Danilovich, who has any idea. Um, then probably Donna Vekic, who I, I think she should be able to beat. Then Victoria Azarenka. Um, and then, you know, in the quarterfinals, she's looking at Kiki Burton's, maybe Madison Keys. At 14-1, to 1, this is a really easy quarter for her to win. And I think that it's the more and more I look at this, the less and less I, I'm sure is how she doesn't win this quarter. So um, let's start with you, Vinny, this time. Can you talk me out of that? Is there any way Petra Kvitova doesn't win the second quarter? Um, apparently, yes. <laughs> Um, I also like her, but um, to me, the odds are way too low. I think she has a comparable draw to Burton's, and Burton's has like um, twice the odds. So I like Burton's here. Um, maybe you, <laughs> the fact that you say uh, you always get the wrong of her, um, makes me feel even better. <laughs> But yeah, I took Burton's at, um, like, what uh, what did I pick here? 21 to reach the final. <laughs> or, but yeah, there you get, uh, like, 37 to 
40 to 1 odds as well, I think, to win outright, so that's not that big of a difference. Yeah, in general, I also could see Kvitova um, getting far as, uh, as well. Um, curious about Azarenka, but yeah, you didn't see her um, going far in tournaments, unfortunately. So there's a big, yeah, big doubt about her. So yeah, Kvitova's um, draw is open, but I think Burton says this as well. Pavlichenkova is not really in great form. Um, on the other eighth, um, you've got Bardi, Yastremska, Keys. Uh, three really good players, but yeah, I think Burdens has a chance as well, and um, so I took the higher odds on that one. Well, that's a good move because you're right. I'm not really feeling Kiki Burton's chances too much here, which is definitely a good sign for you. Um, Jorge, what do you think here in the second quarter? Um, I know you said you just like the odd ones, but we're going to make you talk about the even. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree 100% with Vinny. I think for me, this is this is a, an area that has some some potential, uh, even more so than Vinny. The, I'll echo what Vinny said about the first quarter here. You know, he talked about. Uh, low prices and, and players that can that can really beat anyone and, and make a deep run or maybe they're fatigued and uh, or have off-court issues and can't in Osaka, Kerber and, and Andreescu. I'll say the same thing here. I mean, Donna Vekic could push and potentially beat Kvitova because that kind of matchup for her where even on a slow court, they're, they're both big hitters. Neither is a terrific mover. Um, Vekic could, could keep that close and win it. Uh, who knows whether Julia Gerges can... can um, make a deep run. Ashley Barty, Madison Keys can go, can get hot and go on a run, or she can just hit 50 unforced errors and lose early. There's just, I, I don't want to pick anyone in a quarter with so many question marks at, around talented players because I could see any one of uh, six or seven players if they get hot. I mean, this is the WTA. They 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 catch fire for four matches and you know, off they go. They're they're in the quarterfinal with a with a chance to win and. Uh, and so I laid off this quarter. If I did have to pick, though, I would take Kiki at the higher odds. I think, um, you know, she she's shown she's adept at hard court tennis now. She's got a big serve, um, and I think you know Keys Pavlyuchenkova scare me a little bit less than than uh, Vekic and Gurgis in her section. Um, so I, I'd probably lean Bertens, but I, I'm just I, it's a hard pass for me on this quarter. Okay, that's um. You know, I, I made the joke, obviously, about fading when I think about Kiki Burton, so I'm kind of starting to take this a little personally. What do you think, Spread? Are you jumping on board with uh, Vinny and Jorge and getting as far away from Kvitova as possible? Nope, this is one of the bets I placed. I took Kvitova out right at 14-1 to 1 on five dimes. Oh, good. I feel yeah, much better. Um, and I understand Vinny's sentiment that you're getting the better, um, you're getting a way better number on Burton's, but uh, if you take out last year's good run during the summer Burton's has not really done that well on hard courts and I don't really think that she's backed it up that well this year I think that she's going to be a monster when we go over to Europe and, and hit the clay but um, I really think that, that that's priced correctly so I'd rather take Kvitova who um, you know probably has had the best 2019 so far just as far as consistency and playing well and I understand Jorge's sentiment about getting hot. And, you know, there's a couple that I'm worried about there would be Keys and Barty. I both think that they have the potential to get hot and run through this quarter. But, um, I mean, like I said, that's just potential right now. Um, with Barty, we've seen it. But Keys, not at all. And, uh, I mean, obviously she could show up and, and that could throw a monkey wrench here in my little 
my little plan um, because it, it, Keys at her best can could easily take this quarter. Um, but I'll just go ahead and hope that that doesn't happen and that Petra's able to overcome her. Uh, Gorgas is another one that could get hot but hasn't been playing that well so far. Vika, I'm not really too worried about her being able to put all those matches together in a row. She shows flashes of brilliance, but she hasn't been consistent. Um, I mean, Vekic always has the potential to upset there, Petra. That would be the third-round match. Um, but I still like the odds there, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'm going to take Petra at 14-1. to 1. Well, that's good. Now I'm not all alone on, on Kavita Island. So we've got a little bit of split there in the second quarter. I know Jorge um, officially is picking nothing, but we got Vinny going with, with Burton's, and it sounded like Jorge was leaning with him. But um, I think the second quarter is going to be interesting, and I really do think it opens up nicely for Kavitova. So unless you guys have any other thoughts here in the second quarter, we can dive into the third quarter, which is an odd-numbered quarter. So take it away, Jorge. Sorry about that. Uh, no, sorry, I forgot to unmute. unmute. Unfortunately, so you guys are. No, I forgot to unmute. That's analysis. my. Uh, that's my bad. I. Uh, I totally forgot I was muted there for a second. Um, yeah, I think that the third quarter, uh, again, fairly open for me. Um, I'm not seeing like look at the seeds. You've got Savastova who had to retire. Uh, at Indian Wells in tears, although the tears really don't mean anything with her, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Buzarnescu on a hard court, I mean, doesn't scare anyone. Camilla Georgi is completely erratic. Yelena Ostapenko, well, she did make a deep run here last year, and she did have two or three matches where she looked really clean at Indian Wells. Uh, not someone you're going to back. Sloane Stevens, same deal. I mean, this girl is either out in her first match, she could lose to frickin' Allison Van Utvank, or she could she could win the whole thing. So, you know, uh, but her number is always going to be too low for me to back it. So I'm going to go ahead and cross all of those players off. That leaves you with Karolina Pliskova, Belinda Bencic, and Elise Mertens. I'm going to focus on the bottom section here because there's only one of those three in the in the bottom section of the draw and that's Elise so I'm going to go ahead and, and bet Elise Mertens at uh, 33 to 1 or 34.00 odds uh, in European odds um, I, I think again the slower courts I said it for Indian Wells and I think that applies here too the slower courts help someone like her she can hit decently but she's a good counter puncher as well she's developing a net game she just won the doubles at Indian Wells uh, with Arena Sabalenka and she's she's been a good doubles player for a while. She played with Demi Schurz. Uh, I think that that really helps her have a well-rounded game. Um, and yeah, I mean, look at her path. Mar Margarita Gasparian or Pauline Parmenti don't scare me. She's got a bye first round that puts us to the third round, uh, where it's probably either Vondrashova or Ostapenko. Um, Marquette is very very good, but um, you know I, I don't really see her backing up uh, the success at Indian Wells. And then Georgie Stevens, Schmidlova. I mean, I could easily see her jumping into the quarterfinals where she probably either plays one of Bencic or Pliskova. And um, Bencic to me is just is just pure form. Um, and I threw, for that, I threw a little bit uh, behind her as well because I think she's uh, 33 to one at some books. And I think that's, that's a tad long uh, considering the players she's beaten and the way she's played. So I've got those two in the third quarter um and really my biggest worries are a motivated sloan stevens and a and carolina pliskova uh outside of those two uh i think i think these two could easily one of them swims to the semifinals but maybe i'm just a little 
a little too confident and, and it's too good to be true who knows but that that's how i see this quarter i think those two are are, are shoe-ins for your money at over 30 to 1 odds for sure I love the, your process and how you go through and kind of cross names off. I think that's a really great way to go about it. And I like two, the two that you ended up with. I didn't end up placing any capital there myself, but um, really compelling cases. What do you think about the third quarter, Vinny? Anything uh, you agree with Jorge on? Anything different? Um, nothing different. I could just um, go for another three minutes and tell you exactly what Jorge just did. Um, that's just nothing I would disagree. I also have an outright on Mertens. Um, the one that scares me most is Plishkova as well, but um, I also didn't have a fun time backing her on the outrights so far, so the odds are still too low to uh, back her. And same with Stevens, of course. And when I looked at the outrights first, um, I saw Stevens at 51 uh, on Betfair and really considered taking her, her again, but... Yeah, two hours or so later it was gone and I'm kind of glad. So I will probably save some money on her again. So yeah, outright on Mertens for me here. Okay, I like that as well. You know, like I mentioned. All right, Spread, bring it home. What do you got in the third quarter here? This is my second outright. I only did two in Miami, but my second outright is Benchitz. I think 33 to 1 is a great price. Um... So when we're looking at this quarter, obviously Pliskova could propose some problems, but I think Benchitz has the consistency to overcome her. Um, if she, uh, if they both meet in that round, then we look at the bottom. And my main concern there is uh, motivated Sloane Stevens, but we'll see. Sloane's got a lot of points to defend here, but still with the price that we're getting at Benchitz and the way she's playing, I just think it's a I think it's. I can't believe that I got thirty-three to one. I, I had her closer to the eighteen to twenty to one range. So, um, really excited about that price, and uh, this should be a fun quarter. Yeah, I think it will be. I kind of went a, a different way here. Um, I think this tournament, because of some of the, the big names and how they're priced and, and really some of the injury concerns and, and general focus concerns we have about players like Osaka, like Serena Williams, who we'll talk about in a little bit, like Simona Halep, who we'll talk about in a little bit, it provides us a lot of opportunity and interesting spots here. I grabbed two you know, almost complete flyers here. Um, Katarina Siniakova, um, she's got Sai Sai Zhang in the first round, which if she plays up to her capabilities, should be a match she wins. Then she's got Sevastova coming off that injury in Indian Wells, followed by Benchitz, who should be just absolutely wiped out at that point from a long run at Indian Wells and all the tennis she's been playing over the last few months. You know, then I'm looking at a possible hedge either against Pliskova or maybe even she gets through that and gets to the quarterfinals. Um, same thing at the top half. I'm looking at Petra Martic. Let me see what I actually got. I can't remember if it was 200 or 301. 201 for both, actually, Siniakova and Martic. You know, very small bet, 0.1 unit, so, you know, 0.1% of your bankroll there. But just two numbers on, on women that I think have a chance to win three matches here and then give us a chance to maybe buy out of a little value. Um, just how I'm looking at that third quarter, but love all the talk about Mertens. I think that's great. Super disappointed in Sloane Stevens. It would be really wonderful if we could talk about how excited we were to watch her blow through this quarter and, and really step forward and, and start her year off, you know, a month and a half into the season. But, um, you know, I, I think we all just kind of agreed on the fact that she is someone to look away from at this point. Hopefully, um, she shows us something sooner rather than later. But let's jump into the fourth quarter. Um, 
handful of interesting names here. Simona Halep, I mentioned. Serena Williams, also Alina Svitolina. Um, but three women that I think are injured. So with that in mind, Vinny, what do you see in this fourth quarter? Yeah, you already said it. Um, you got Serena, Alina, and, um, and also, who was it? Uh, Halep, of course, yeah. yeah. And just to be clear, Halep's um, not officially injured. Halep's just... not injured, probably, but um, she's still struggling to, yeah, I think, find motivation, whatever. I think Darren Cahill really helped her a lot to go through different periods, and I won't back her at low odds, and I really think she can be beat by Zarenko or someone else later. So I think... Um, with the other two, Serena, um, I'm not sure you don't really get any information about her um, injuries. At least I don't. But I'm not sure she's at 100%, um, for sure not. Also, I think um, this, is the, this is the GM part of GAM's life, I think. Uh, for Svitolina, um, I saw they were at the Dallas Mavericks game last night. And she also had problems with her knees and yeah, can't see her going far this week. So the other one I spotted or the first one I spotted in here is um, Danielle Collins, who also made the semis last year. Um, competitive player, has a good serve, good, gro good ground strokes. And like I said, also a pretty good draw in my opinion. Gets us weak where probably who I rate as a talent, but she's not anywhere near beating a top 30 player. Then she probably doesn't even get Elena, as I could see her get out against Yafan Wang or even Madanovic. I don't know. Um, and then it's not assured she has to play Serena in the last 16. So I think that a draw could really open up for her. And I saw her at 201 earlier now she's still at 151 at some books and i think you have to put money on that yeah that's interesting and yeah the other one um uh, is Tsurenko. i also picked Tsurenko with like a quarter unit um as yeah, i mentioned halep i'm not sure about her and could also see Tsurenko go far so collins and Tsurenko both at Big odds are my two outside picks here. That's interesting. I like that strategy a lot. I'm actually have a couple lottery tickets myself here. Um, you know, similar to the strategy that I had in the last quarter, I grabbed actually four names at this point: um, Yafen Wang at 300 to one, Joe Conte at 100 to one, Kiang Wang at 100 to one, and Lesia Sarenko there in the bottom half of the quarter, 250 to one. Um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure any of them has a great chance of winning this tournament, but based on the names that are sitting in those draws, there's a lot of winnable matches for all four of those women. So I think I'm going to get a chance maybe in the third or fourth round to possibly, you know, again, try to buy out of some value or, you know, at some point be holding the ticket for maybe one or two of them, possibly in the quarterfinals here. Just so much uncertainty with some of the big names. Um, what do you think here, Jorge? Uh, what do you see? I think me and Vinny are, are very much on the same wavelengths uh, here. I, I, I don't like... Personally, I don't like the quarter at all. Um, but I mentioned to you in our chat, and I believe you responded with an all caps ha 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 when I mentioned Danielle Collins' name. So nice to hear Vinny uh, also mention that name. You can laugh at him now. Um, but 
I I would agree. I don't think Svitolina goes very far here. Um, Kyung Wong is, is just someone that I'll always pass on. Uh, outside of Indian Wells, her her early season results are terrible. She cleans up in the in the uh, late season Asian swing where I think she's more comfortable. Um, Serena is still a huge question mark. Daria Kasatkina is all sorts of out of sorts. Um, Carlos Suarez Navarro, meh. Uh, how far does Venus go this time after that that long run? And she's playing possum every freaking match she steps on court, driving me nuts. Um, I, I would I would say, and you know I know what I know what your picks are, Noop. So I'll I'll let you break it down more. But I'd agree exactly with the two picks that Vinny had, Danielle Collins and uh, Lesia Serenko. And I know that uh, uh, Lesia is one that that you like as well. And that number is huge. Uh, just because she she does have to play Halep fairly early, but if she gets by Halep, good lord, she walks to the the quarterfinals, does she not? Oh no, Noops is gone. My bad. I'll uh, I'll continue then. Sorry about that. Um, but until he gets back, I know that Noops is 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 big on Serenko as well, um, and and I can see that. I just I agree with again you Vinny I think that Danielle Collins her all-round game I think the results lately haven't been there and it's why you've seen that that price pushed on on form way up but uh like I said I'm gonna stick with with my first and third quarters I've got two uh, outrights in each of those and I'll, I'll just sit there and watch the the madness ensue in uh, the fourth quarter if you think college basketball is going to provide some madness in the next few weeks folks boy let me tell you this fourth quarter is going to be march madness as well it is an ugly ugly setup uh, or at least for uh in my mind it should be quite a mess and that's why i like some of those some some of those bigger numbers what do you got here in the fourth quarter in a way i know we talked in the earlier quarters about someone getting hot and i think this is the quarter um, then it might happen. You know, we already touched on Daniel Collins, but she definitely has the potential to get hot and make the run. Uh, Wang Chung looks like that she's getting rounded back into form. Um, Kanta is a former champion here. I think she won in 2016. Um, I don't want to count her out. She could definitely get hot and make a run here. Um, and then, of course, you have Serena, Venus, Simona, and Alina. So this is a tough quarter. I did not place any money going out of it. I will just sit back and watch the fireworks. Uh, maybe uh, bet some individual matches. And one other name that I want to throw out there that has the potential to win some matches if she's able to stay consistent and these other women don't get hot is Carla Suarez Navarro. Um, if the court is, you know, kind of trending slower, which is what I've heard, this thing that sucks about not being able to find the qualifying streams. I didn't really get to watch a lot. But uh, that could set up in her favor. And um, so I'm staying away from this quarter. Um but I think there's definitely some interesting things going on here. And uh, I think maybe if I did take the long shot, I might take CSN. That's an interesting name. Um, just to comment a little bit on the court speed, you know, we've got a brand new stadium here, brand new tennis courts. So don't count on these courts being exactly like they've been in the past. Um, you know, I tend to assume that they probably should be somewhere similar to where they've been. Um, but we'll have to see over these first couple matches um, how fast things are playing. But uh, I think that just about wraps up the fourth quarter and everything from an outright perspective. Unless you guys have anything to toss in, I'm going to do a quick recap here. Um, 
So first quarter, uh, we had a few names there. Jorge took Kennan and Anna Samova. I was in on Anna Samova as well as Vinny. I've got a little bit of Sabalenka as well for myself in the second quarter. Um, Vinny liked Burton's and spread, and I've got some Kvitova um, in the third quarter. Let's see, I think a couple people had Benchich as well as Mertens. I had a couple lottery tickets. Again, real small bets on Martich and um, Siniakova. And then in the fourth quarter, um, you know, again, a handful of flyers here. Danielle Collins. Um, I took both of the Wangs as well as Joe Conta. Um, you know, good spot to look for some big numbers. I also had Zarenko as well. So that just about does it from an outright perspective. Let's dive into a couple first-round matchups. Um, I know that this is going to be getting out just a little bit late, but we've got some fun matches, and, and thanks to the rain, Frank, frankly, we might not get to these today. So let's jump into... Um, a match that I'm really excited for. Ekaterina Alexandrova's playing Diana Yastremska at some point, maybe today, probably tomorrow at this point. Um, I'm looking at a line right here. I've got Yastremska minus 160 or 1.63 for those who like decimal odds. Alexandrova plus 130 or 2.3. Do you see any value uh, in this? Oh, uh, gosh, no. I I don't see value in this match. I mean, I could, I could see either player you know wiping the floor with i could see this being one of those wt matches let me put it this way where it ends like six three two six six two you know what i mean both these women uh can tear through sets when they're when they redline um yastremska's youth still has her dropping a lot of you know uneven sets where i think she she gets in her own head and then you know loses at one six or two six and moves on alex and inability to hit consistently does that to her as well so this could be like a a, a three setter that almost goes under um <laughs> in my books and those kinds of matches i want nothing to do with that being said it is definitely one for tennis fans to watch as a fan um remember like I, I had to update my profile on Twitter to say, you know, like as much as I love betting this, remember, like I, we're all, or at least, you know, I'm a diehard tennis fan. I just love watching a lot of matches. Not everything I tweet about is because I've got money on it, right? So I think for those, this is one of those matches where enjoy that as a tennis fan. You've got a great young up-and-comer against someone who can beat top players on any given day um, and can really strike the ball cleanly. So just sit back and enjoy it. It should be a great match. What do you think, Vinny? Uh, maybe no value. Um, if you don't have a play, let us know who you think wins. Uh, I hope Yastremska wins, as I really want to see her go up the rankings. But, yeah, like Jorge said, uh, anything can happen. Almost anything can happen. But um, I will definitely um, watch that, as I think it can be a good measure of what court speed is. Uh, at Miami because um, both are hitting the ball uh, really uh, hard, really aggressive and if you can see like um, the other player gets to some ball balls you would not expect them to get to, um, you might have good in indicator if it's a slow court or otherwise, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a really, really interesting match. Uh, I favor Yastremska, but I've decided I'm not going to bet any first-round matches in Miami. I've been doing horribly on first rounds. I say this every week, and I'm going to stick to it this time. boy. Wait, you know, that's, that's a good reminder for all the listeners. As much as we love to bet, just to bet everything that we can, you don't actually have to bet. And I think so, this... Um, if you don't like any value... Yeah, I think this time, yeah. even with the brand-new courts, gives me even more uh, reason to... 
you know, going into Indian Wells, we kind of knew it was slow because it's traditionally slow. And, you know, we've heard things. But I remember, um, you know, the U.S. Open hearing various, oh, this one's fast, this one's slow. So um, give me some more time to gather information and always fun to, like Jorge said, just to watch as a fan. Um, should be a great match. And, you know, I'll just pick out some fun ones. And I'll be honest, the way I filled out my bracket, this second round is just full of, just full of awesome matches. So I'll just watch some first rounds and then get ready for the second. Yeah, that sounds like a great move. This should be a, a fun tournament. We've got a lot of talent here. The next match I wanted to talk about is actually on day two. Petra Martic plays Shui Zhang. Um, pretty even odds here. I've got Petra Martic at minus 110 or 1.9 and Shui Zhang at minus 120 or, or 1.8 for those who like the decimal odds. What do you think of this matchup, Vinny? Any value here for you? <laughs> I was hoping not to speak about that match as I I also could be the bookie here. Um, I don't see any th any edge on anyone. I know you like Mardich, so let's go ahead, noobs, and tell us why you like Mardich. <laughs> I gotta pull up some stuff here to uh, see see if I can find exactly why I like Miss Mardich so much. But I mean, at the end of the day, when I look at matches with Shui Zhang. Um, She's she's a nice player. She's pretty talented, but I think she's the kind of player who loses to people who are who are, who are more talented, who can basically hit the ball better than she can. And that that's what I see in Martich. You know, when I look at some of my numbers here from last year, um, Shui Zhang, perfectly nice season, hold break uh, combined at 101. You know, her average match finished with plus 0.4 games. So you know, she's winning more matches than she's losing. She's doing it perfectly okay. Um, but Martich, much much better. 105 hold break combined and plus two point. Um, almost 2.2 games on average on hard court. So I, I just see a, a much better player. I, I know that Zhang's had a nice run here, and you know if Martich is spraying the ball, can definitely take advantage of it. But that, that to me feels like a really cheap price. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I I would lean again. No no play here. Uh, I can see if I if I you know try and use my matchup um, handicapping, I could see a path to victory for both of them. Um, I would lean Zhang just. Because and I mean this is this is again this is such a small like for me to make a play I have to see multiple factors usually either you know combination of numbers and matchup and quality of competition there's lots of you know there's different stages I go through in looking at matches and the only thing that really sticks out here is that Zhang I believe I mean she's beaten Contivate this year she's beaten uh, Sybil Kova which isn't a great win anymore I suppose um, but the players she loses to uh, Yafin Wong Alina Svitolina. Um, Yelena Ostapenko, who played a really clean match, and when she does, is an elite player, let's face it. Um, and Carlos Suarez Navarro, who's a consistent top 20 to top 25 kind of player. So um, I, I just don't think that she has many losses to players like Martich. Uh, and I think it'll be really, really tight at best for Martich. If not, uh, I think Zhang typically in, in this in this region, in that region of players between you know 30 and, and, and 80, um, that's where she. That's how why she's a top fifty player. That's where she makes her kind of uh, makes hay is against players in that region, and that's how she stays uh, where she is in the ranking. So I think this is a type of match that that Zhang likes, um, and, and a type of match that she she wins enough to to stay away from betting Martich here. Uh, I leave Martich in this one. I think that when she plays her best, she's better than Zhang. I think that the the reason. These to avoid the bet though is that she hasn't been playing her best and Zhang has been playing well. Um, so I, I, I like 
Eileen Martich here. I'm just assuming that she'll kind of round into form as the season is continuing to go on. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to end up betting Martich. I'll keep thinking about it a, a little bit more here. You're not going for the first round hedge? that way, and I, I think I'll end up going there. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I can quite do that already. I mean, I'm just going to double down on the outright, go the exact opposite way. Um, now, a match that I think, Jorge, you like the underdog in here. Sai Sai Zhang is playing Katarina Siniakova. I've got Zhang plus 150 or 2.5, and Siniakova uh, minus 190, which I forget what that is in decimal odds, but a pretty big favorite. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't right? go. I mean, Sinyakova, I, I wouldn't bet her. I, I'm surprised you had her on the outright just because, I mean, she struggles to win one match, let alone uh, six or seven uh, in a week this year. So, you know, Godspeed to that for you. I am willing to oppose her. And it's not a pure fade. Um, I do think that there is some value in Sai Sai Zheng. And I, that, that number to me is outrageous. Um I think it's around what, what was it 175 you said or I think I, I I saw it and got it around 175. Um that's stupid to me. I mean this even if Sinyakova is in form, I think she should be around the 2.4 mark, 2.37 mark for those who use bet 365 and know their fixed, you know, sliding scale of odds. Um not I mean 2.75 is outrageous and the fact that Sinyakova can't win a singles match this year and and hits errors at a Ostapenko rate without half the 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 ability to hit through people I I I don't see how she should be this big of a favorite it's ridiculous to me it's almost insulting to Zhang it is kind of a big line to be honest as as much as I think Sinikova does win here and I am really just leaning on kind of the talent that I think she might have and it just, you know, again, for me, it's just a, really a, a lottery ticket. But in this particular match, Vinny, what do you think? Do you agree with Jorge? Is there some value on Zeng here? I think so too, yeah. But um, I like Sinyakova's um, talent too much to oppose her. But yeah, according to form and anything, you you almost have to pick Zheng here. As, yeah, Sinyakova's really disappointing uh, this time of the year. But uh, I won't have a player until um, I see the court speed in here. Yeah, that'll be really important. Now, Spread, I know you're a Siniakova fan, but does this line yeah, make sense to you? Yeah, I think it's about right, and I've been really disappointed this year. I know she finished last year really well, and she hasn't been able to back it up at all. Um, on my bracket, I have Zhang advancing. Um, so until I see Siniakova play well, I'm not going to um, be too enthusiastic to go ahead and back her. Um, hopefully she'll get it together soon. Um, but yeah, it's been a disappointing first three months for Sinyakova. Let's jump into the next match. And this one, um, going back to day one here again, hopefully we get uh, a little bit of rain and you guys get a chance to um, use this information for tomorrow. But um, this match, I'm sure is, you know, wherever John Joe is, he'll be following the score or maybe watching. We've got Victoria Kuzmova playing Daria Gavrilovan. I can't remember if Kuzmova ever officially made the list of centipedes. I highly doubt it, but I know Gavrilova is the top of that list, so I'm sure that uh, John Joe somewhere um, is following along. So, um, you know, Vinny, let's start with you since since you're the guest and just recently passed John Joe for the uh, most guest spots ever in the history of the Network podcast. You know, congratulations to you. Um, what do you think think of this match? It's pretty evenly lined here. I've got Gavrilova a slight favorite at, at 1.8 and Kuzmova at 1.95. 
Yeah, I would have liked to um, to see that match only tomorrow and have an idea of if it's a slow court as last year's or if it's any faster. Because if it's faster, I really like Kuzmova's odds at, I think she's the underdog at 2.1 or 2.2. Okay, you get a little better number, but go ahead. And yeah, if if the court is something like uh, medium fast or yeah some some faster like indian wells um i do like these odds but yeah then again you get gavrilova who also got um pretty good form again in indian wells played some good matches also her loss to svitolina she was competitive and yeah she's she's a centipede so if if the court is slow she will um move Kuz- kuzmova left and right and probably wins this so this this match uh, of any matches is the one um, I'm measuring courts court speed um, the highest so uh, I won't touch it at uh, as the first match of the tournament yeah I like Gavrilova's chances here I am expecting the courts to still be a little bit slow <coughs> you know maybe not as slow as they have been historically but um, I, I think I like her at this number but to your point maybe um, the smarter action would be to, to wait and, and see what the court looks like. What do you think, Spread? I took... Who did I take here? I think I took Kuzmova in my bracket. Yeah, but I, I'm not really too confident about that pick. Um, neither have been in the in the best form lately. Uh, I know Gavrilova just got her first win recently. I know she was having a tough start to the season, too. Um, hopefully she can turn it around, but this will definitely just be a watch-and-learn match because... I think both these players have interesting potential if they can kind of round into form, but I don't think either of them are in form right now. And um, like I said, I put Kuzmova advancing in my bracket. I like the way she's been serving this year. I think that would be the difference in the match. Um, but really not super confident about that pick. Uh, uh, this is one of those many matches I have where I really, really want to bet a player because I see value in it, but the matchup pushes me off um on a hard court victoria kuzmova being a dog to gavrilova who struggled to start the year almost sounds like an inst- insta bet kind of situation but like when you delve into it contextually i'm just not comfortable um considering the matchup here i i, I think there's just too much that can go wrong for kuzmova the more balls Gavrilova gets to, the more I sit here thinking, great, this this bet is doomed. So, uh, you know, on those like, you know, 50-50 chances with so many matches in the first round and second, first and second rounds, um, because, you know, there's as many matches in the second round as are in the first now with the with the buys. So you've got, we've got so many options for the next four days. I just don't think forcing a bet is necessary here. Um, but the value for me is either Kuzmova or Pass. Um, that, that to me is, is one of those... Uh, situations or maybe an over um, because Gavrilova has been playing closer matches lately uh, and I could definitely see you know Kuzmova hitting her way to a set and then you know losing a bit of that that you know the the consistency with the power and Gavrilova uh, centipeding her way to a set and Kuzmova cannot be a centipede by the way a centipede has to be one of those like ultra returning players that gets to everything that's what uh, that's what John Joe uh, I think intended with that so Opposite of a centipede, yeah. He just he That's just loves true. her, right? Kuzmova's like the complete yeah. opposite. 
Is that really what it is? That's, it's like Varvara Lepchenko is one of his favorites. Place, but like Lepchenko, uh, he loves Lepchenko. Lepchenko. That's right. The doper. That's true. That's true. Lepchenko Gavrilova yeah. would be. And John Joe would watch match. every oh, single second of it. <laughs> Just soaking it up in his glory. Well, let's move on to another match here, and, and Vinny, I'm going to make you go first because. We've got, I, I believe, someone who you like, who you had some success betting on last year and like quite a bit. Vera Lapko is an underdog to Ali's uh, Cornet here. Um, I've got Vag, Lapko plus 130 or, or 2.3 and then Cornet minus 160. I, f- I forget exactly what that is in decimal odds. But um, what do you think there, Vinny? Any chance for, for Lapko maybe to start to right the ship here and get a win? Yeah, I think there is a chance, but um, I don't like um, the pricing of Lapko recently. And the books really adjusted from making her a too big of <laughs> making her a value player to a player you can't back anymore as I think she should not be so close to even money against Cornet. Uh, Cornet is much much more a consistent player, um, ex- experienced. Um, I cannot um, back Lapko here in that matchup. Nope. You got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I took Cornet here. If the courts are playing a little slower as we expect, I think that it, it fits in well. I don't think she's been playing that poorly lately. And like Vinny said, uh, Lapko has been, you know, they're on to us, so they're kind of overpricing her. People were betting her a lot, so there's no value in betting her anymore. I picked Cornet to advance in my bracket, and I think that she'll be consistent enough to uh, to go ahead and win this match here. No, no, Cornet's Cornet's got the value. Um, Lapko has lost, is it five in a row, six in a row? I think she's lost six in a row now. Um, She's won one set in those matches. Uh, And furthermore, she's lost a set 6-2 or worse in, you know, she lost a set 6-1 to Yastremska and Hobart, then went to Australia, lost 7-6, 3-love and retired. She was well on her way to a... You know, a, a, a carb set there against Larson, and then Zaritska, Anastasia Zaritska, out of the top 200, beat her six two two six six three, and then Bouchard. One of the few times she got to three games in both sets, three and four, and then two and four against Katie McNally, and two and three against Victoria Azarenka. This isn't a quality of competition thing. She's losing to you know really good players. She's losing to inconsistent players. She's losing to players out of the top 200, and she's losing a set six two consistently. Uh, the matchup favors Cornet huge here, unless there's some piece of information the books have that we don't um this is a severe mispricing to me uh the the matchup heavily favors Cornet. lapko has struggled with errors even more than she did in previous years and that's always been a concern with you know her as a a hitter is you know the ability to to control that and and the kind of controlled aggression and she struggled with it this year more than ever and you're playing a player who loves to play longer rallies and extend them and who plays extremely consistent tennis in Cornet. Uh, on what are presumably we're still waiting to see for sure, but slower courts. That the pricing on this is is ridiculous. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm there's a piece of information on injuries or 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 maybe Cornet's husband or whatever has something going and she's you know anxious to get out of Miami. But this is a big tournament. I can't see it unless there's some hidden information. Uh, Cornet's the play here. Um, I'm fairly confident on on that one too. It's not a it's not a lean. Um, it's just ridiculous. Lapco should be a, a three or three point four 
uh, pricing here, not a 2.3. I mean, that's ridiculous. The only thing I can see that might keep this line so close is you know, the last time we saw Cornette, she was yeah. playing in a, what is Guadalajara, 125K event. Um, got smoked by Sophia Zook, 3-0. and zero, So Good. Um, maybe just some recency bias around her kind of checking out in the second round of a low-level tournament, or I guess maybe that's the first round at, at 32 since it's a smaller event. But um, you know, you've got that. She lost to Tomjanovic, but 7-5-6-3, nothing to be ashamed of there. Um, lost to Risk 2 and 3. That's not terribly great, but beat Bobolish the match of 4, beat Mertens in the Fed Cup. So, um, you know, nothing terribly great from Cornette in her past, but um, I think you guys might be right. There might be just the slightest of value there. I hate laying the 160, so maybe we'll find something to parlay her with at some point later. You know, look to follow all of us on Twitter. Um, you know, maybe Jorge and Vinny will have a couple free picks for Miami, but I know Spread Now will be posting stuff just about every day. Um, flipping through here to see if there are any other matches. No, that's good for me. Do you guys have any ones that you wanted to talk about? For me as well. Don't see too much uh, value in these first round matches. Yeah, it, is, it is a tough first round, so I'll just touch base no, with you, Spreading. Well anything else we need to talk oh. about before we wrap oh, it up? Oh, I did have one thing. I, I got sidetracked by the Cornet awesome. there. Uh, did anyone notice Vinny doing the, oh. the German Mike Singletary? I can't. I can't bet that match. Nope. Does that not run anyone of the Vernon Davis press conference? Come on. <laughs> he wants winners. <laughs> can't win like. Can't win like that. Can't do it. Can't it do does. it. Oh I, I can't do it. That's right. And I was like, there you go, Vinny. Can't and and it. of course, in the true German way, he said it in a much more calm manner than Mike did. But like ger German Mike Singletary is Vinny's new nickname for future appearances on the podcast. <laughs> I love that. I look forward to that. And we do look forward to Vinny's return. It was a lot of fun having you again, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us and talk some tennis. Um, you know, just before we do wrap up, we wanted to extend, I, you know, Jorge and uh, Spread jump on when I'm done if you want to add anything else, but just extend our condolences to you to Vinny. I know there was, um, for those of you who have been following the news, a terrorist shooting in Germany, um, and unfortunately, you know, no, oh, the Netherlands. Netherlands. I'm, the Netherlands, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so, yeah. But Utrecht is like my third hometown. Got, yeah, got um, the boyfriend of my uh, girlfriend's sister is from there, so it was kind of shocking for me well, as well. We're yeah. very sorry, and, and you know, extend our condolences to you, and hope that um, you and all your f our friends are doing okay and, and make it out of this all right. But you know, thank you for taking the time and, and being able to focus on this for a little bit and help us out today. So um, thanks everybody for listening. It's been really great, and, and look for us tweeting and talking wages. about stuff throughout the week.